Hello, and welcome to Goosebumps, a podcast about the books by R.L. Stein from the Goosebumps series, a, a subsidiary podcast of Overdue, the podcast you about books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew. And I'm here to end your life. <laughs> I'm an Jesus. executioner. Okay. I've got a big axe, but also a cape. And a mask, yeah. And a mask and some stones. You look like a scarecrow who's been working out a lot. The artist who drew me hated it because it was on deadline and he didn't have enough time. Oh, is that a real fact? I think so, yeah. the he, okay. It was one of his least favorite covers to draw, purportedly. Mm. Okay. Uh, I mean, sure. Messing up my like voice. The least here. favorite ones to draw, not not the his least favorite the way it came out, but to like actively do it. Was, I think was his least favorite. process wise, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, this is our bespoke Goosebumps podcast. We're I think this is episode seven, Andrew. We are out of the um, initial run of like Goosebumps banger. This is I'm not I'm not trying to undersell this book. We had an initial run of Goosebumps bangers. That you said any bump head needed to read. It's not even bangers. It's just like sequentially the first few in the series. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then for this one and the next episode, each of us kind of put one forward and you were like, got to read this. Got to read Night and Terror Tower. So I'm excited. Book 27 from the original run. Yes. Released in January uh, 1995. Book number 12 in the re-release. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. My notes say "A Night in Terror Tower" by R.L. Stein. Duh. <laughs> yeah, Good prank for me. Jovial Bob himself. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. Uh, we'll get into it. This is a little different of a book. It's a little different. So, the how would you, if you had to pick a through line for all the Goosebumps books that we've bumped up till now, what's the like? Would it be? That every one of them ha- has like a sort of mon, like a specific monster or monstrous presence. It's usually a monstrous presence, and there is usually a pretty mundane, like kid life situation that gets upended. Now, obviously, right, like, like you're going to go into the mall, uh, doing ventriloqui your ventriloquy <laughs> act for all your well, friends. Yeah, it's like it's usually the first chapter or so is like this is going to be what this kid's humdrum existence is for a little bit. Now, sometimes it's like you move to a town, you're going to spend summer with your creepy aunt or whatever, but like it ju- it is recognizably kids stuff. Uh-huh. There is an element to that here, but what it does with that is very different mm-hmm. from previous books. Mm-hmm. There's still a character who gets splat stats. Let's not mislead anyone here. Yeah, but I think you have to really stretch to consider that character a, an evil yeah. villain on the level of, say, the evil dumpster camera <laughs> from Say Jeez and Die <laughs> or Mo- the Monster Blood from Monster Blood. Correct. Or even the floating beautiful ugly head from yeah. haunted mask yeah that attaches to your face and becomes mm-hmm. your face mm-hmm. um did do you know andrew that this book now when i saw that it was a night in terror tower i have been to the tower of london mm-hmm. and i don't remember anyone ever calling it terror tower mm-hmm. 
But apparently that's a thing you can call it. People were tortured and, and died there. So when you say that's a thing you can call it, do you mean just mean that Bob Stein called it that or did you find evidence of other people I calling Googled it that? Terror Tower and it took me to the Wikipedia page for the Tower of London. So I think it has okay. ever been in use. Yeah, and I think like a night in the Tower of London is not the spooky <laughs> vibe that R.L. Stein no. wanted to give off. Um, you're trying to get American kids to read about Europe? No thanks. <laughs> That's another interesting. This is the first book we've covered that takes place outside of the U.S. of A. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, now maybe the, maybe there were other books that we've skipped over that do take place there. I don't know. Um, don't don't recall. Yeah. But yeah, I think most of them are suburban anywhere usa yep, yep. Mm-hmm. 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 um it was made into a two-part tv episode in the goosebumps tv series in 1996 it aired as a two-part primetime special andrew a one-hour prim- block of tv are you sure they didn't have like a funny like goosebumps slime time name, or something? like slime time mm-hmm. i don't know it didn't uh-huh. say didn't say anything like that if i were writing mm-hmm. the ad copy for it for sure um, it did star Catherine Short, who was the friend Sabrina from the Haunted Mask episodes, and it also starred, uh, she played Susie, and then Corey Sevier, I'm saying Sevier because he's Canadian, so it's probably French, mm-hmm. um, who played, Quebecois. <laughs> he played Eddie in the show. He was also the best friend in the Goosebumps episode, Cry of the Cat. Andrew, do you, off the top of your dome, what do you think Cry of the Cat is about? Do you remember? I don't remember that that one. It's probably about a uh, meowing like ghost cat It is something. It is an evil undead cat who an is the result cat. of a science experiment. It's too evil to die, quote. And it, what? And it uh, sucks life force from people and makes them into cat creatures. <laughs> if the real world weren't so replete with examples of people that were too evil to die, <laughs> I would take a more umbrage with that. Woof. Yeah. Woof. Um, oh, no, that's the song. That's the sound a dog makes. We're talking oh. about a cat. Meow. Yeah. Thank okay, you. I got it. Um, they made a board game out of Night at Terror Tower. Uh, there was the sequel to it, Andrew. I don't know if what other Goosebumps books follow this mold. The sequel is a give your own goose, give yourself Goosebumps, give, give your it. own Goosebumps, give your it's Ret- give yourself Goosebumps. Return to Terror Tower is a sequel starring the same kids from this book, but it's a it's a choose your own scare. But they're and they're back in the tower. But I'm reading the synopsis. They're back in the same tower. Yeah. Again. Well, they return. It's in the title. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you could, I guess you, you could say Return to Terror Tower to let people know that is in the same universe, right? But I don't think you have to like spend your whole book in the tower. You could spend like a branch of the narrative in the tower maybe. But what if in the rest of it, they get out and explore any other part of the world? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they do. I think maybe Arlstein just didn't want to describe more of London (laughs) than he was familiar with. Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) <laughs> you ever been to london andrew ain't never been to london no way as i said i've been there once it was an okay never. time Ugh. i drank a guinness i could I, do that anywhere <laughs> i well yeah i'm just thinking of the things that i did there that were good but i could do them at which were like eat fish and chips and mm-hmm. drink a guinness mm-hmm. and I say oi core blimey gov i went on the tube they got trains here in america no i mean enough. they're not very good yeah. but we got them <laughs> 
Okay. Andrew, why, before we dive into the plot, just like, why this book? What do you, what do you remember? What, what, what do we need? The- I just remember it being different from the, different from the regular Goosebumps template, which you've already pointed out. I also yeah. remember it, the twist being good, mm. even though as an adult reading it, oh boy. and listen, I did know that the twist was coming cause I knew what it was, uh-huh. but I was surprised how much literally anybody with eyes and a <laughs> functioning brain could identify what the twist was going to be and see it coming. Yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did make the twist slightly harder to, to get up front in the TV episode. We'll talk about that maybe, but, um, why don't you tell us about our kids? Andrew. Well, you mean Eddie and Sue, just two normal American kids on vacation, the, on vacation here in the 21st century. Now, I do, I haven't, I didn't look up officially yeah. whether they did. Bob Stein changed that, but I am sure that they did. Yes, they definitely. Just a couple did. of kids in the 21st century who don't know what cell phones are, and they are having a fun time on a tour group, mm-hmm. looking around Terror Tower in yes. London, England. Yes. London, England. It's this tower where people used to be terrorized, and so they call it to this day. They call it Terror Tower. Now, I was thinking about this as we've we haven't really clocked. I don't know that we've really spent a lot of time on kids' names in recent episodes. We were doing that early in the series. I mean, um, we, we we document them and yeah. any purebred dogs that they might have, but it's yeah. I mean, we know a couple of Sues. I've I was I was going through my mental Rolodex. I don't know if I've ever met an Eddie. You never met Eddie? I don't think I've ever met an Eddie. I've met Eds and Edwards. I know Edwards. Eddie is a... hmm, It's either like a six-year-old's name or like a 23-year-old greaser biker's (laughs) name. Like It's a very specific kind of Edward who becomes an Eddie. Yeah. That's, I was just thinking about that, because my main character trait for this boy is that he's a pickpocket. <laughs> yeah, this boy is a, a pickpocket criminal. Eddie is a pickpocket. And, and, belong, and he belongs in the tower. No. <laughs> Eddie's a pickpocket, and Sue is a main character. Those are their character traits. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little. There's like one beat where to get back at him for pickpocketing her camera, she like tries to scare him by pretending that she's trapped like she's handcuffed when she's not like so she's got a little bit of like she can tease her her younger brother i guess yeah it's not uh, after after having such a strong relatively well yeah. sketched character in haunted mask yeah. with carly sue or whatever uh-huh. her name was um yeah just having returning to typical blank Goosebumps protagonist for this one was a, was a little bit of a bummer. Like I'm a I am a I'm the main character and I have a younger sibling who's a little more annoying than me and yeah. that's my whole and that's my thing. <laughs> yes, I wish that they had better character traits or the stronger ones. I do think the blank canvasness though does seem to be a bit on purpose. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. Well, so what happens to these kids is they go through this amazing tour. Yeah. Of the terror tower. Uh-huh. And they learn in one room that in the 1400s, mm-hmm. uh, the olden days, there were two royal kids who died in that room. Whoa, weird. What were their names? 
Edward, mm-hmm. totally different name, mm-hmm. and Susanna. Ooh, weird. Different names. Different, but very similar names to their names. No, pretty different, though. All right. Well, nothing to... I think Susie's like, oh, that's weird. And then they just kind of... they. I don't even know if it clocks that much of a response. <laughs> I know that it, it sort of... Whether or not there's a causality to it, it is the thing that happens before the two of them just start like inspecting the room mm-hmm. in like a real like I'm not even going to roll in D&D I'm just going to take whatever time it takes to like turn over every stone and make sure I get all the magic items here kind of Did you read the Kindle of this? I did. Did you get the edition where every instance of the word center was CRT for some reason, like the yes. just lowercase letters CRT, like yes. someone had done a weird bad fine interplace. Yes, is that what that was? Critical race theory into this book. <laughs> no, I mean that's what I assume it was. Scholastic, come edit your Kindle edition, please. No, I just like I saw it a couple times, and I was I using context clues. I determined that it must be the word center, but it occurs like seven times. It really book. does. Um, so they're inspecting the room. And the group leaves them behind. They have noticed once or twice that someone, Andrew, is staring at them. Oh, no. What's he look like? He's well, He's got like evil eyes and like a black hat. And a cape. And a cape. He's dressed like the Halloween store <laughs> owner like from the last book. Yes. But he's, he's evil. And they, they can't remember if he's in their tour group or not. But after they get left behind, he is there and he's mm-hmm. menacing them. He's menacing them and they they what they like immediately try to start running away from him. I think they do. I think they just stranger danger and run away. Because um, they get they get lost in the tower and they're running around all the staircases. Yep. And they are running from this guy and he's trying to catch them. And I think he has three weird rocks. I think we see the weird rocks we at the stage. We see that he yeah. has three weird rocks, and we're running down a tunnel, and a bunch of rats come. <laughs> Just a tidal wave of rats. Just like a million rats, and the kids like dodge the rats, but the guy that they get the guy. Yeah, yeah. And then what? They they the, this whole first part of this book is just kind of a weird little chase <laughs> sequence with kids who are who seem too stupid to put two and two together. Yes, they get a taxi. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get it doesn't get interesting until they make it to like the hotel. I don't think. Yes. Well. Okay. So we can we can do the taxi thing quick. It's they get a taxi. They try to pay for it. She reaches in her pocket and has strange coins. Yeah, she has weird coins. And, and they, the taxi driver's like, "Oi, gov! I I don't know what these coins be." And they're like, "Well, let's go up to our hotel room." And get our American parents yes. to come and pay the cab driver. And the and the cab driver's like, okay, I'll wait right here. Well, no, you gotta do the voice. Oh all right, Gov. All I'll right, be, then. All gov. right, Gov, I'll stay right here in my taxi lorry. <laughs> you bring me the good coins next time, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go up to their hotel room and it's empty. It's There's just nobody empty. in there. And they're like, our clothes aren't there. Mom and dad's clothes aren't there. What's going on? And so they go down to the front desk 
to ask, hey, what gives? Why aren't our parents in, in the, these rooms? They're supposed to be here at the big meet at the, the big, big meeting. meeting. So this part I loved. Be- and like, <laughs> I thought all the lines where they're like, wait, our parents are here for the meeting. And the guy's like, what meeting? They're like the big meeting. And I honestly, because I didn't I didn't I had never read this book before. I thought it was just kind of fun kid writing. We can talk about the real reason later and what the thinking yeah, we could talk about that in a little bit. So <laughs> I don't think they're. I don't. I don't want to talk about this either. So they they, the hotel has no record of their parents, and the the concierge guy is like, "Oi, what's your last name?" So so we can look them yeah. up in the in the twenty first century computer <laughs> that, that they have at the hotel, uh-huh. and they're like, "Well, I don't remember our last names." Yeah. It's weird. And, and see, I think that still works. I think that, like, even if you have pieced together through R.L. Stein's brilliant subterfuge that Ed and Sue, Eddie and Sue, are Edward and Susanna, the old-timey prince and princess, even if you've pieced that together already. So... You're still like, how's this... How, what, what's going on here? How's this going to unfold? Yeah, and even... I don't think when we got to this point that I was like... Oh, that's their one in the same. I just was like, okay, something weird is going to happen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I I kind of appreciated that I couldn't I couldn't really tell what was going to like what exactly was going to happen. And this book takes a turn at the end that is similar to Monster Blood in it's the like, silly. what is <laughs> happening, Bob? <laughs> Um, but the moment where they like can't remember their own name and are like kind of looking at each other scared, like that hits. Yeah, that's good. It's kind of like freaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think there's a a few beats where they are probably running both from the taxi cab driver and the executioner. Yeah, the like they they go to the the like the restaurant and the hotel surely to have some blood pudding and some f- flavorless gruel that is also called pudding <laughs> and a bread that is in, also called pudding yeah because we're in england <laughs> land of pudding and yeah then the the cab driver comes in and they they have to run from him and then they see the the ominous hooded cape yes. figure guy yes. again and they're running from both of them and then i don't I don't know if it's the, the the caped guy like does this or if it just kind of happens, but suddenly they're not where they were anymore. I think he catches them mm-hmm. in the hallway somewhere. Mm-hmm. He whips out his magic stones mm-hmm. and he says something. And then next thing they know, they're back in the tower. Yeah. I like. Well, it's, they're not even back in the tower. They are. They are in. An old hallway oh, right. where all the lights are like candles yes. now, and they're like, "Oh, this is weird. This doesn't seem the same." And then they go out into a big like common area, and there are a bunch of weirdly dressed people there who just like stare at them. And they're like, "Well, this also is weird. Let's go outside." And then it looks totally different outside, and there's like dirt and like a cow or something. Oh yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> and right. And they're like, "Oh, this is also this this too is weird. I yes. haven't figured out what's happened yet, but all of these <laughs> happenings are weird." <laughs> well, and there's like the beat where everyone's like staring at them and it's clear that it's because they've never seen 21st century clothes 
and well, also because they, because seen they are probably in... the prince and princess. Yeah, it's because they've been. It's. I think it's both the weirdness of their clothes and their speech, and also that they've been made. Yeah, they have been made. Um, and then it's daytime. You said it's daytime, which is confusing. Um, and they run outside and yeah, because some... it's supposed to. It's a night in Terror Tower. Yes. It's not daytime. Come What's on, What's happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, they see the guy again, so they run away. And Sue and Eddie get split up. I don't really know how that happens, and neither does Sue. The guy grabs Eddie. They they have a real quick session when Sue gets thrown back in the tower where they compare notes, and Eddie's like, oh, he grabbed me. Sure, and, sure. And you got away. Um, when she gets away, she's running around. She asks the peasant lady for help. She offers her the strange coins. Lady's like, sounds great, love. And get in the, get in the box. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, it's just a setup, and she turns mm-hmm. she turns Sue over to the Lord High Executioner. Yeah, she says, "I can't. Oh, I can't. Oh, I'm just a poor old dove. I can, I have to give you to the Lord High Executioner." And conveniently, she's just in a box pop it, already. Pop it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because she's already conveniently trapped in a box. The executioner just takes it away. <laughs> Takes it back yeah, just to the takes tower. the box back to the tower. So she and Eddie are in this cell in the in Terror Tower where they had been told that this prince and princess had been held and hundreds they are, of years ago. At this point, pretty at this point, they know they're in the past. They don't know why, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think Sue, at least from her POV chapters is like, yeah, okay, we're in the past I think somehow. Bef- before their memories are actually restored, one of them, I think Sue finally puts two and two together and is like, oh, I think we're the prince and princess. Yeah. And then they meet a guy. A cool little old wizard guy. Also in prison. <laughs> well, I mean, he's in the prison. I don't know that he's Oh, in, you're right. He prison. just kind of wanders in. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't been locked up. Mm-hmm. His name is Morgrid. Yeah, Morgrid, the wizard. <laughs> he's got uh, purple eyes yeah that's the main thing to know about him he got purple eyes and old man wizard hair is that name based on anything i don't know i tried to look up Susanna of york and it does not it's not a real okay so let me let me just talk about tell. that real quick the the whole thing that he's referencing is um the two kids that were probably killed by richard the third in the mm-hmm. 1480s. And they okay. were both princes, Edward and Richard. Um, Edward's parents had, or his father had died. And I don't, I don't know what happened to his mom. And so probably, I mean, it was the olden days. So probably died. Yeah. Um, from childbirth or tuberculosis or the black death. And so the two of them were the next in line, but Duke of Gloucester, later Richard, the third wanted to become King. So he put them in the tower and the story was it was just to get Edward V like ready to be king. <laughs> mm-hmm. And while he had him locked up there, there was a lot of like, hey, let's get Parliament to declare them illegitimate and like let's mm-hmm. get working on that. Cause Richard wants because Duke Gloucester wants to be Richard the Third. Mm-hmm. And then they just went missing, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Oh. Did anybody ever find him? Um, no, not really. It, so they're presumed dead, presumed murdered by Richard III, who then did become king. Um, in the 1670s, they found bodies under the stairs that they uh-huh. think might have been the princes. And I think they, sometime in the 20th century, they found another 
set of bones that may have been these but we don't really know yeah, and it's like again olden times people were just dying everywhere yep. for every reason at no reason yep. <laughs> doesn't yeah these don't need to be any specific people's bones nope uh-uh. um so it is like worth noting that stein is not using any names of kings or anything he's just kind of like well you wouldn't want to get political <laughs> you're right he wouldn't. Um, he's just borrowing this kind of basic history plot point and, and mapping it on to the classic brother-sister pair of mm-hmm. Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morgrid sort of tells them that that's their deal. He's right. like, listen, Edward, Susanna, you're the prince and princess of York. Uh, the king murdered your parents, and he wants to murder you. So what did he do, Andrew? What did the wizard do to protect these kids? The wizard was like, I'm going to take my magic rocks, I'm going to take my magic Moncala stones, and I'm going to say the magic words, I'm going to send you into the future. As far into the future as I can. Why? I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any limit to how far like you just say the magic words and then you say when you want to send them to right and so i guess he so said it was as was, far when as the his book powers was, when the, would allow well so when the book was originally written it was in the 90s and maybe he just didn't he couldn't conceive he had like a y2k yeah. bug and he couldn't conceive <laughs> of dates past <laughs> that's possible past 1999 that's true <laughs> mm-hmm. um he also he erased their memories and wanted to give them memories like for like full identities, but he also but didn't have enough power to do that. It really, yeah, I don't know what his end game was because he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay, so I'm gonna use my magic rocks. I'm gonna send them ahead 500 years to a time that I can't, I couldn't possibly understand which is why I am imminently qualified to also give them histories and names and yep. backgrounds and their parents are at a hotel at a meeting whatever that is <laughs> and I know and I know that's going to stick for like for a super long time like that'll keep them safe it'll be fine I just, it's just what <laughs> other spells does he know? Like, does he not if know he, any other spells? If he wanted to give them identities that would immediately lead to them getting confused and trapped and brought back <laughs> to where they'd started from, like that, that's the spell that he would have cast I to make this book happen. I hadn't really considered this, Andrew. Was that? That I think as I was reading it, my brain was like, well, how long have they been here? Like, do they not really know? But I think like, the book must start. It starts right after the spells. Right after the, it's like a severance thing. Mm-hmm. Like that makes a lot more sense to me than what I was thinking before, which was that they, I don't know how they had integrated into society. No, it's just like they had, they had, they, had, they didn't. They, they didn't. didn't integrate it. So the wizard guy's like, oh man, this didn't work. <laughs> I'm so sad that this didn't work, but it did. Like, yeah. He did only kind of set it up. He he didn't give them a backstory that would stand up to any scrutiny at all. No. And so the fact that within 45 minutes they get found out by the Lord High Executioner 
and then brought back to where they had started from. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really, it shouldn't be surprising to old Morgrid, I don't think. Well, and also... That- and then Morgrid, and Morgrid's also like, well... I guess that's it. Yes, this this makes me very angry. <laughs> the the Lord High Executioner stole Morgrid's rocks and went into the future mm-hmm. and got, brought them back. Now, mm-hmm. at some point, Eddie pickpocketed the rocks. Yeah, and that's and this is why Eddie's one character trait is that he's a pickpocket is because it's how he can't help himself. At, well, it's not even that he can't help himself; is that he needs to be a pickpocket. So that these magic rocks can make their way from one yes. person to the next they, as the plot and demands. And there need to be magic rocks for his pickpocketing to matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has the magic rocks and Morgrid's like, well, they got really mad at me for doing this. So if I do it again, they're going to kill me. And listen, I really want to help. I really do. But better you than me, kids. Learn a different see, spell. See you later. See you later. Turn them into horses and like let them be free. No, the only spell he knows is how to send them ahead to the 1990s with backstories that wouldn't. I mean, their backstories wouldn't hold up in a Goosebumps book. Frankly, no, like, they it's just wouldn't. Not very good. They don't even have a dog, and so we can't even. All right, so so how's the book end? Um, and then I want to, and then we'll talk a little bit more about some of the goosebumps standby things that we do every episode. I think they like maybe the executioner comes through one more time and is like kind of threatening, but that might not even happen. I think Eddie's just like, "Hey, I have the stones." Yeah, I got the stones again. Morgrid said what the magic words are, so Eddie can say them, and we jump back to you know the 90s or early 2000s whatever edition you're reading listen 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 you were stipulate you you were sticking up for the book by saying that morgrid only sent them to the 1990s because that's as far as his powers extend but this untrained non-wizard boy with the same magic rocks apparently has the same reservoir of magical ability so yeah that's a fair take point. That, take that however you're, you want to, I, I guess. I also don't know how to reckon with the fact that this is what happens. They've also, by being told what is going on, their full identities and memories are given back to them. Yeah, with the, I think the magic rocks factor in that, yeah. too. Like, the, the mad, their memories are magically given back to them. And now they go into the future, mm-hmm. and they still know about the future. <laughs> and they, because at the end of the book... When they are there and they're like, oh, wow, oh, wow, we're safe. And they're on the tour again. And Mr. Morgan is with them. Yeah, Mr. Morgan's here. Which is Morgrid that they brought to keep him safe. Purple shirt and his pants. He looks so cool. And (laughs) they say, oh, man, I'm hungry. And Morgan says, shall I perform a food spell? A food spell. Well, he knows other magic. And I think Sue says, I think I've had enough spells to last a lifetime. How about we go to Burger Palace for some good old 21st century hamburgers and fries? Yeah. I just... And then instead of, instead of screaming and saying, what hath we wrought? I'm so lost. I'm so confused. I don't know what anything is. Yeah. M- Mr. Morgan is like, ha ha ha. I'm your dad now. Let's go. <laughs> My plan worked, but that's yeah. and I, I I guess I don't know why he didn't do this. 
the first time, but he's there. He is their dad now. And that's the, the missing ingredient was that they didn't have any actual guardians or protectors in the future. And now sure. they do. Well, and they don't actually know anything about the future, except they do know about Burger Palace. They, they know about Burger Palace and burgers and fries and jeans. What? How do they learn about Burger Palace? The magic? I may. So it's not a real brand, right? Maybe it is. It has like a rich 800 year old history. <laughs> and the, fir- the first Burger Palace was founded <laughs> in Wales. In the Burger Palace, yeah, in the twelve in the twelve hundreds. Uh huh. Okay, and it's just and from there till today, Burger Palace. It's an actual palace. They don't mm-hmm. tell you that. Um, the first one's a palace. Yeah. So apparently, in the TV episode, but it's all it's really touristy now. Yeah. In the TV episode, before they travel back to the future, uh, they they get closer to actually being executed. Um. Like it is like they are like ready to die before they actually like manage to cast the spell. Cool kids show. Yeah. Bob. Um, <laughs> there is uh, a a cliffhanger classic Goosebumps twist at the end, which mm-hmm. this book does not have. Um, the executioner has made it to the future as well mm-hmm. at the end of the TV episode. That Now that is like a slappy's back sort of like most of these books have ended with something like that. Mm-hmm. This book does not. Um, and apparently in the TV episode, in that first scene where they learn that the prince and princess were killed somewhere, they don't say the names Susanna and Edward. <laughs> okay. Just to like create some plausible deniability, mm-hmm. I think. Um, okay, what, do you wanna, what else do you want to say about this book, Andrew? Do we give parent ratings? Because they don't have parents, yeah. Or is Mister Morgan their parent? Okay, their actual parents, the dead king and queen. I give an incomplete or like an absent. Yeah, they just didn't show up. Is right. We don't know what kind of parents they are, and they may have died for reasons outside of their own. Yeah. Uh, you know, their own. Uh, what's what's the word I want? Their own like agency. They yeah. just they they might not have any control over whether they kicked it or not. I'm gonna give their uncle, the king who wants to kill them, an F. Oh, he's an F because he wants to kill them. What would you give Mordred? Morgrid. 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 I mean, an A. Whoa. For effort. Okay. <laughs> but. Like a C, like a D plus for execution. Like it's just so. mm -hmm. He should have tried sending them ahead to a time that he would understand. Like I don't know what his like if he has a palantir in his wizard bedroom and he spends all his time. Oh, you know, watching ahead so that he can see what happens on Seinfeld or what. Like I don't, I don't know how he spends his time if he is a connoisseur of future times and that's how he knows to give the kids memories of like burger palace and to dress them in this magical woven yeah denim material (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was of the gods i would have given so yeah i don't know i would have given him a d plus also like he he tried but he, he tried messed up and he bad. just and like maybe he was doing it like on really short notice and he just didn't think just like oh the, the these these kids have no protector. I'm their I'm their protector. I'm their only hope. 
I'm going to send them ahead to the future to a time I don't understand. They don't have any parents, but I am going to give them memory of a parent so that they have like false hope, I guess. Like even if they weren't being chased by an executioner, the scene where they get to a hotel and their mom and dad doesn't exist still happens. (laughs) He caused such trauma for them. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Oh, no. Yeah. So D minus. They don't die. He does adopt them. They go to Burger Palace. Yeah. He passes. He passes. But boy, what a ham-handed execution yeah. on the part of Mor- Mr. Morgan mm. here. Mm. Um, things I like about this in the context of the Goosebump series, like it still has clutch sibling energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like this version of Twilight Zone energy. Because as we've said, the executioner is there as like a menacing figure but he's he doesn't I don't know they don't most of their time is spent like getting away from him a lot of the other interesting evils the kids are like kind of forced to spend a lot of time with them <laughs> in ways that are like or like they don't really understand why it's so evil and then it keeps mm-hmm. making things worse mm-hmm. this book is just a lot of running away um, so the Lord High Executioner. Oh yeah, here's some fun stuff from the tell me about gallery. The f- yeah, yeah. Is special powers, the ability to travel through time. Okay, only when he has the magical stones, and he doesn't always have those. But fine. Pure ruthlessness. Okay, fine. Also, weaknesses: swarms of rats. Under <laughs> underestimating how smart children are. Yeah. Living or dead? Living. He's still living, okay. so he could be back. Uh, and then splat. Let's let's talk about splat stats. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Strength eight out of ten. That makes sense. Intelligence nine out of ten. Don't see a lot of evidence for that here, but he. I don't know. He is like a sentient human, so probably smarter than like a camera or a dummy. Yeah, or a I don't, can I don't of know. You, he's he is apparently a part of an ancient family of executioners who handed down the tricks of their gruesome trade from generation to generation. So maybe he's just mm-hmm. a very intelligent, like you know, well skilled, well trained executioner. Mm-hmm. Speed seven out of ten, just like right down the middle. That, that attack makes sense, yeah. Attack skills, which uh, remains separate from strength for some reason, six out of ten. I guess he does just kind of brute force. He is kind of he's a tanky sort of. Well, character. He doesn't have a lot of finesse. He just kind of runs right at you with his, his cape and his axe. His preferred way to kill you is for you to be imprisoned and tied to a thing so he can cut your head off. Mm-hmm. Like he's not parrying your blows <laughs> to try and get the kill shot. You no, know, like his his level of combat prowess doesn't need to be better than a guy swinging a hammer at a state fair. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh huh. Uh, humor two out of ten, not a not an appreciated. No, not one, not zero. There have been less funny people. He has made a person laugh, ever. or he has ever been made to laugh. Yeah, like maybe true. he executed a court jester, and the <laughs> and the jester said, "Well, I get it, man. You're just trying to get ahead," and it made the it made the executioner chuckle a little bit while the axe came down. Yeah, yeah, but not very funny no. overall. An evil six out of ten. You know, he's an executioner. We we on this 
book podcasts, I, I think we're generally against capital punishment, but he is just doing his job. Oh my god. He's just doing his job. Oh no. So it's not he's not he's not he's not evil himself. He's just working within an evil system. Oh jeez. So six out of ten makes sense. Abolish the executioner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can we just Just let a few? You're just gonna let a few bad apples ruin the entire profession of executing people (laughs) to you. Allow me to add a seventh splat stat called complicit, and it's a ten. Ooh, complicity. Yeah, I would add that. So, who? What would some other complicity scores? Well, um, I guess like because it it has an interesting wrinkle because like if you're the one doing it, like yes, you are complicit, but that's not really what you're connoting when you're. But talking. like, what are you? What are you complicit? Are you complicit in a b- broken system? Is that is that where? Oh, we're monster about? blood is complicit because the witch was really pulling the strings on that one, and monster sure. blood was just like willing to grow while she was also evil. What? And I guess Slappy was complicit because yeah, he could have Mr- been. He could yes. have been keeping Mr. Wood from doing yes. all that evil. Correct. <laughs> stuff that he was doing. I think Slappy gets like an eight out of ten on complicity. Executioner ten out of ten. He's literally doing corporal punishment. Capital I don't punishment. think I don't think the evil camera is very complicit. The no. evil camera it's not like a one ring situation where you're inexorably drawn to it. It's just he found yeah. the short sightedest stupidest kid that he that he could find. And <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Okay, um, this was fun. I didn't, I, I didn't expect a time travel story. I did. I think that's the main thing. When I when I think about being a banger, I remember the time travel stuff. I remember like the twist and then not remembering the parents' name, like stuff that still works, but doesn't have a great antagonist. Doesn't have a great protagonist. No. Yeah. Um, Morgan's not very good at his job. Something that is interesting about... I mean, I guess I like that they get to ride off the sunset and the wizard's their dad. Now. It has like, a I happy like ending. Too. It's a happy ending. Yeah, nice. which is kind of... Which is very different. And not even a happy... Like, a happy ending, or is it? Sort yeah. of thing, mm-hmm. where, which most Goosebumps have. I do think by... It's a, Unless it's, they get food poisoning at the oh. Burger Palace. <laughs> <laughs> the... I... I both really Talk like... about Splat Stats. Oh, gross. I really like the kids on vacation premise yeah. for mm-hmm. a Goosebumps book. Mm-hmm. I like that they are traveling in a in a city that they've never been to. But because of them being purposefully underdeveloped characters made by a wizard who didn't have enough time, like we don't get the intersection of the weird Goosebumps stuff with kid life. In the way that like Goosebumps really sings when it's like, oh, I gotta go watch cartoons now. My dad's yeah, a plant man in the basement. I'm just trying to. Li- I'm just trying to live my normal life while my dad eats dirt over the sink in the kitchen. <laughs> the closest you get to that is kind of the hotel stuff, which is the like, mm-hmm. I'm on vacation. I'm trying to find my parents. They're just at the big meeting. Can yeah. you help me, please? Yeah. Um, and so like, if there had been a little room to do more of that, I think that would have been fun. But that's not what the book's about. So. Um, next time, Andrew, mm-hmm. Egg Monsters 
for Mars. The, the grand finale. So this is the one Goosebumps book in the Goosebumps series that you have read, but I have not, correct? I believe so. Oh, I boy. don't so even the... really remember much about this book. I know I bought it from a Scholastic Fair. We'll talk uh-huh. about it on the next episode. Mm-hmm. I can picture the egg monsters. I don't mm-hmm. remember what they do. <laughs> <laughs> and this is late. In the original run, right? Is this in the 50s or 60s somewhere? Uh, this series number 42. Yeah. 42. Okay. So like pretty late. Not yes. not like end game goosebumps, no. but much further than yeah. our because we, we started, we spent a lot of time, a lot of time on the opening, and then a lot of time in what I think was maybe the heyday, which is in like the 20s and 30s. Yep, yep, yep. And then by the time you get into the 40s, 50s, 60s, like, you know, it's still it's still going, but maybe not everyone is gonna it's gonna be a banger. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to figure out if it's riffing on this was also interesting because it was like riffing on a historical story, which we haven't gotten before. Mm-hmm. Um and some of and the I think other this one is gonna be riffing on like Bob Stein had an omelet. And yeah. It was like, what if eggs were yeah. evil? <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh Andrew, thanks for chatting with me about your favorite time travel goosebumps book. You're welcome. I'm psyched. I was psyched and I remain psyched. Great. And you know what we say at the every at the end of every episode of Goosebumps. Goodbye, puppets. <laughs> Welcome to Goosebumps, a podcast about the Goosebumps series by R.L. Stein. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew, and I'm. And I think your mic is underwater or in like a Ziploc bag full of Jello. Or I I'm am not sure what I'm hearing. Squishy, squishy egg monster, a Craig monster. Right, I'm a- from Mars. <laughs> He's a Craig monster from Mars. You landed in an egg, I assume, and you hatched. It's time to hatch. And I'm here now. Well, whoo. Oh, that was a rough journey from yeah, another planet. Covered in like purple slime. I don't know why it's purple slime that you're covered in. It's yeah, I don't know. It's kind of gross. I've got all I'm all veiny. Mm-hmm. Um it I I glow and I bump. Um <laughs> you have eyes? <laughs> I do have eyes. You make bubbles, I guess, when you get mad or upset. Oh, sorry. Woo. Um, this is our uh, bespoke, bespooky podcast where we cover highlights from the Goosebumps series by R.L. Stein. It's part of uh, Overdue, the podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. Didn't say that part. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You're too busy gooping and <laughs> scooping. Gooping and scooping and slooping. Um, Andrew, this is our official final episode of Goosebumps. So at the end of our episode today, I'm sure we will share what our, our plan for the the bonus kind of follow-up episode will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the last of our eight eight book run through the original Goosebumps series. Uh, this month we are reading... Uh, Goosebumps number 42, Egg Monsters from Mars. Getting a little late in the series now. Uh, this is, I, I think it's, it's definitely past when I was reading them like regularly. And I think it's past when I had like kind of stopped reading them. Yeah, probably. Because I mean, you talk about like, ni- you know, 19, 
if you talk about stuff that I was doing in 2021, like I'm still doing pretty much all of that stuff, including the bad stuff <laughs> here in 2022. But the difference between like 1995 and 1996, when you're a kid, like you're a whole different person. They might yeah. not even call you goosebumps on the bus anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out why this one was on my radar. So as we talked about last month, this these last two books, Night in Terror Tower and Egg Monsters from Mars, uh, were, and this is even further afield than Night in Terror Tower, but um, they were picks that you and I made based on our own familiarity. You've always had more familiarity, familiarity with the series than I have. Yes. Um, but the first five or six episodes were really trying to like hit the highlights, hit ones from early in the run, um, and this one <laughs> is not. This one mm-hmm. is late stage goosebumps <laughs> yeah it's terminal um, nothing it's, you can do yeah first came out in 96 i was 10 ish at the time uh it came out in april so i was nine and a half mm-hmm. um i wonder if it was like hot off the press at a scholastic book fair at the That's end of that school year gotta for me. be what it is and you like saw this little melton eggy guy on the cover and the, you saw the the little joke that said there no yolk yeah, and you're like this this is this is what I need. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> it's a pretty good cover. You know, it's, it's a good cover. Another Tim Jacobus joint. Um goopy egg monster gooping all over a kitchen countertop. Um and yeah, let's what's the blurb here? Excuse me. Which came first, the monster or the egg? An egg hunt. That's what Dana Johnson's bratty little sister Brandy wants to have at her birthday party. And whatever Brandy wants, Brandy gets. Dana's not big on egg hunts, but that was before he found the egg. It's not like a normal egg. It's about the size of a softball. It's covered with ugly blue and purple veins, and it's starting to hatch, dot, dot, dot. That's pretty much the deal. That's That's the first half of the book. Yeah, the thing about a Goosebumps, like, back of the book blurb is if you're not careful, you will just summarize the entire book in a single paragraph Mm -hmm. because it doesn't take that long. It's Yeah, it's pretty true. It's like a Goosebumps, and especially... At this point, when Bob or possibly somebody pretending to be Bob Listen. is writing a book, <laughs> I mean, these books are like half build up and resolution to fake out chapter breaks at this yeah. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, so in 2014, March 11th, 2014, R.L. Stein replied to a tweet where someone asked him, which was your favorite book to write? Hashtag ideas chat. Mm -hmm. And he said, my favorite GB to write was Egg Monsters from Mars. The entire book takes place in only two scenes. Hashtag ideas chat. That's true. I mean, it does. I'd argue it's like maybe three, you know, the the overnight is like a continuation of the first scene. It's I like suppose. it's two two sets for sure. There's yeah, the home sure. the home set and the the science lab. Set. Yes, if you're getting the egg monsters from Mars Lego box, you're mm-hmm. going to be disappointed. It's pretty samey in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had never read this book before, Andrew. Is that nev- true? We I found had... a Goosebumps you hadn't read. I never read this one, and it's a weird one. <laughs> Both in ter- both from like a, I, th- I think we consider ourselves sort of connoisseurs of the Goosebumps form yeah. at this point. Yes. Both as a 
as a like a formulate goosebumps book and as just like a, a book with a plot and characters in it it's a little it's a little weird it's, it's a weird very, one. yeah it's very strange and definitely you know what was fun about terror tower was that it was different as well you know yeah. we t- we talked it had a time travel thing it had mistaken identities uh-huh um and that was not the type of supernatural stuff we'd encountered in it was not here is a so so egg monsters of mars does do this a little bit it's what if a thing you encounter regularly was was weird creepy or weird yeah and this one it's it's eggs what if even when eggs? even once even once the egg monsters from mars hatch out of the weird gross eggs they are essentially just still like scrambled eggs yeah sentient scrambled eggs now did you ever go through uh i won't eat eggs phase andrew <sighs> yeah i mean it's less of a phase and more of a i was like probably 11 12 maybe even a little bit older before i found like the texture and taste of eggs palatable at all mm, sure so yeah kind of a kind of like a combination of phase and one of those things one of those like food dislikes that you grow out of yeah yeah i was i was vehemently opposed to eggs until like high school or college i'd had well, a- and now you can't spell craig without egg <sighs> you know that's the only way to spell it. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig's for days. Let's talk about eggs, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had I had a pretty severe aversion to them, so I don't know why I took to this book. Maybe it was because I did think that eggs were monsters. Yeah, eggs are monstrous, and you're just you were fine trying to you know confirmation bias, find yeah. some information that backed up your finally. Yeah. Someone is speaking for me. <laughs> yes. The egg haters. Representation is important. Mm-hmm. It is really important. Um, do you want to get into the book, Andrew? Get I into this g- weird book? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Can I talk about... Okay. Okay. This book is, is in the first person. It's told yeah. from the perspective of Dana Johnson. Yeah. A 12-year-old boy. Yeah. I The opening of this book has like been almost, almost... I bet you're wondering how I got into this situation energy. Like a little. There's just something about his tone where he's like, um, what does he say? He's talking about how his mom and his dad can never say no to his little sister. If Brandy asked for a red, white, and blue ostrich for her birthday, dad would be one dad would be out in the garage right now painting an ostrich. Brandy's good at getting her way, real good. I'm her older brother, Dana Johnson, and I admit it. Even I have trouble saying no to Brandy. On the next page, he says something. He's like, I guess she I, means I'm more serious than most 12-year-olds. Maybe that's true. I'm not really serious all the time. I'm just curious about a lot of things. I'm very interested in science. <laughs> like, dude. This whole thing is a little bit Dana working on his type 5 because he has the, you know, if Brandy asked for red, white, and blue ostrich for a birthday, dad would be out in the garage right now painting an ostrich. And then the follow-up line a few paragraphs later, if I asked dad for a red, white, and blue ostrich for my birthday, do you know what he'd say? He'd say, go play with your sisters, which is a fun, like... <laughs> Because what what he's done is a thing that a lot of successful stand-up comedians do over the course of a set, which is build a call rich back. fiction yeah. that you can then call back to in sort of unexpected ways. Like, he yeah. could have just said, my dad would say no, or my dad would say <laughs> something else. But in this, in this, the bit that Dana's made, yeah. they already bought Brandy the ostrich and painted it, and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's available for... 
you know, social engagements. That's true. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he also tells us that his dad is a kind of chemist. He works for a perfume company. He mixes things together to make new smells. He calls them fragrances. Ooh la la. And before mom met dad, she worked in a lab. She did things with white rats. So I, I would take that to mean that mom does not work anymore, mm-hmm. but she was a scientist of some kind. And so they're happy that he's kind of a nerd and into science. Gonna be gonna be up front right right here. Yeah. Uh, mom and dad are not not getting a good grade from me this time. <sighs> they came so close to getting an okay grade. I I don't why do you why do you say that? Well, That's we'll curious. we'll reach the scene where they come close. Mm-hmm. It's not early and it's not late. <laughs> it's one scene where one of them gets close to a good grade. I believe dad's name is Clark. It's Clark. Yes, cuz mom in an exasperated way refers to him as Clark one time and yep. mom and ne- mom never gets a name. That's true. Clark Johnson and Mom Johnson. Yes. And we later, soon we into the book, we will meet uh, Dana's friend, Anne. Anne Gravel. Gravel gang. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I did make a note that that's a cool name, Anne Gravel. It's I a like good that name. name. And then she, so normally, often the, the protagonist will have some kind of a stupid dog pet who gets in the way and is stupid. Um, in this book, Anne has a sheepdog named Stubby. <laughs> Whose sole purpose is to get in Dana's way physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later in the book, we will meet a scientist named Mr. Gray. Not Mr. Gary, that... as I read it once. It's Mr. Gray. Oh man, it is Dr. Gray, isn't it? I oh, might Dr. have been. Re- I might have been reading Dr. Gary the entire time. <laughs> But but Dr. Gray is, is appropriate because of the gray area he works in where he is interested in scientific discovery. He does run a local lab in town, but he's also a little, little quick to the punch on like child kidnapping. Yeah. I, I have some <laughs> questions about the good doctor and mm-hmm. his accreditations mm-hmm. and who he claims to work for or well, not. And just like the kinds of experiments he's doing and his methodology and yeah. what he does and does not get upset about there's a lot to say about dr gary so but first we got to talk about the eggs we got to talk about the eggs brandy so we talked about brandy brandy gets what she wants and she wants she's a fine girl but what a good wife she would be but her my (laughs) wife my my life my wait what is it (laughs) my lady is the c uh so she has decided that her um life birthday her, love, party. her lady is an egg hunt at yeah. her birthday party <laughs> yeah and so mom and dad hop to because that's what they do for brandy now this this was mom and dad's first like full letter grade knockoff because of course i start everybody at an a and then they lose Over points the or maintain altitude from there. okay uh, so they first drop down a grade because they did not hard boil the eggs because they say they did not have time Hard boiling eggs don't take that long. <laughs> I was so okay. Let hear me out here. Uh, I don't know that I've ever done an egg hunt with real eggs. Yeah, I mean the the classic thing is to do hard boil or not hard boil uh, plastic eggs with yeah. stuff in them. Yeah, but I guess I guess this is like you find real eggs and then you get a prize. But they've just hidden raw eggs everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and as soon as the first kid discovers this fact. It becomes an egg fight. 
Yes. And, and the birthday the birthday party deteriorates. Yeah, and so like the all the all of Brandy's friends are over. They're gonna do this egg. Including hunt. the hair sisters. The hair sisters. God. <laughs> yeah. Um Dana and Anne are there. They get into it. They're gonna. They're betting each other like it's the Battle of Helm's Deep. Who's gonna get more eggs than the other person? Mm-hmm. And uh, Dana is running around. He can't find eggs. He does find one or two eggs. He's Maybe trying to one. find a, an a unclaimed space for himself so he yes. can get a cache of eggs without having to compete with anybody. And which I don't know. You you're probably older than most of the kids' birthday yeah. party. Like. You're bigger, you're stronger, you can probably run faster, you can throw some elbows. I was just, just like punch say. all these kids and get the eggs. Just Come start on, throwing elbows. Come on, Dana. Um, he does Dana does refer to himself as a scientist at one point later in the book. <laughs> so maybe he's just a little too <laughs> timid. You know, academic yeah. and, and tweedy to, to oh, really, sure. you know, really slug a kid over an egg. <laughs> he's a rule at his follower. Sister's birthday yeah. party. Yeah. Um and so in the the egg fight chaos, which at one point, okay, once you're right, Andrew. Once the kids discover that the eggs can crack and throw yolks everywhere, that the game is off. Everyone's just throwing eggs at each other. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of kids chucking eggs at each other made me very nervous. Because eggs are, I mean, they break and there's gooey stuff in them. But, it, but he could just hurt to get hit with hard. an egg. Yeah, and the, the edges can be sharp. Yep. And you could get E. e. coli, the silent killer. The some of the I kids don't know are... if E. coli is the silent killer. <laughs> so I think that's carbon monoxide. There are a lot or of radars. A lot of silent killers. Um, and some of the kids are throwing eggs at the gr- side of the garage. And I I took points away from the dad when he like I think the word that R. L. Stein used was screamed at yeah. Brandy. Mm-hmm. About like what what's happening to my garage, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's very upset. Everyone's very mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and amidst all of this chaos, what does Dana find? Andrew? Dana's found an egg, but not any old egg. It's a big green egg with veins, and yeah. it's warm, blue and purple veins, and it th- it throbs. It throbs and it has been thrown by a kid. It has been like landed upon by Dana and has not been damaged by either incident. Correct. This is a, this is a tough egg. Uh, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Something egg to weird crack. about this egg. Um, and so he takes it home. Like uh, the party just I mean, descends into home. chaos. Well, he takes it inside. the The party descends into chaos and everybody goes away. The family, I think, tries to laugh off the fact that dad was way too angry. Um, not okay. Great. I think Brandy makes a joke about whatever party she wants next. Um, but they move on. They go to dinner with their grandparents yeah. for Brandy's birthday, but whatever. Mm-hmm. He's home and with grandma and grandpa, grandma and grandpa think the descent into egg madness is hilarious. That's right. That's right. That's because what I, Do we know whose parents they are? Um, let me look. I'd like to think they're mom's parents and they think that Clark is just an irredeemable doofus and they're just laughing at him. Gave our grandparents, grandma, grandpa, grandpa Harry told all his funny golfing stories. He tells them every time we visit, we always laugh anyway. Um, so they're not anybody's parents. 
I don't know. <laughs> mom and dad, mom and dad sprang from the head of Zeus and grandma and grandpa are just like honorary titles, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't really say whose grandparents there are. That's strange. Well, we know whose grandparents they are. We don't know whose oh, parents, whose parents they, are. they are. Yeah, excuse me. Um, but so they get home from the dinner and uh, he's trying to go to sleep. Dana is. And he mm-hmm. keeps hearing thumps yeah, in the dresser drawer. Eggs listening to some bass heavy yep. tracks in the dresser drawer. Boom, 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 boom. That's yeah, the Gang- Gangnam style. Uh, <laughs> it's egg. Eggtronic dance music is what he's listening to. <laughs> uh, and to Dana's credit, he starts, he, he goes there and he inspects the egg. He's a scientist. He's a scientist. Um, and he's like, and, whoa, this egg is warm. This is a hot yeah. egg. This is all very Aragon, a uh, book that I know we both have fond memories of reading. Yeah, it's yeah, very, yeah. This like, I have a weird egg in my room. I need to learn about it. That's a fun kid trope. There's a weird egg in my room. <laughs> it comes up often enough. It does. Honestly. Um, and to Dana's credit, he goes and tries to tell his parents about it. Yeah, he tries to tell his parents about it, and they do not answer. They do not answer the call. No. They. Because he says he found a very strange egg. Mm-hmm. And they're they're just sick of eggs now. And they're sick of eggs. They don't want to hear about the eggs. They don't want to talk to their son. They're basically like, get out of our room and never come back. Yep. Clark makes a joke about it. He says, why don't you go sit on it and hatch it? Yeah. And mom is like, you can't talk to him like that. And then they get in an (laughs) argument about how they can talk to Dana. And Dana is just like, okay, I'm going to tell my therapist about this probably as an adult. But for now, I'm just going to leave. He tries to tell Brandy. Brandy doesn't want to hear it. I just have in my notes, like I didn't do, sometimes I do detailed notes for the parental ratings yeah. because they're often complex. I want to make sure we get all the nuances in this. In this case, the only detail that I've noted down is just that dad sucks worse. <laughs> but they both are not great. Sure. Not great. Um, I, I I get the... I like that it did go to the hey I tried to tell the adults. I I understood in the moment the the scenario it doesn't mean I I approve of the behavior. No, I don't think no. I don't your kid comes to you and tries to tell you something, you don't you don't just like shut him down. You at least have to give him a minute to get a word in edgewise. Like yeah. I think the more typical goosebumps parent behavior is to listen to the scenario and then gaslight your kid by saying they're making stuff up. <laughs> These parents don't even get to that phase. Fair. They're just like, if you if you say literally one more word to me, you have to sleep in the garage. He does try to appeal to their scientific instincts, and he is rebuffed. Yeah. And they're both just like angry, upset weirdos, and they're no yep. good. They're bad. Clark's or not Clark's parents. Dana's parents are bad. So he wakes up just in time the next morning, Andrew, to discover what. Uh, the egg is hatching and makes a makes a bunch of grunting noises, which I found very unpleasant to think about. Uh, Just like an egg grunting, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's not sure if it's like a turtle or some sort of weird bird. Uh huh. But the egg be, the egg's hatching, and all the slime is coming out of the egg and getting yep. all over his clothes. Yep. Uh-huh. And then what comes what comes out? Uh, a a a. 
a yellow lumpy thing, it says. A mm-hmm. blob, a sticky, shiny yellow blob, except it has tiny green veins crisscrossed all over it and two little black eyes on top. And it makes sick, wet sucking sounds. Cool. And so Dana tries Dana tries again to be like, hey, hey, loving family, could you please pay any attention to me and this? I, I think often in Goosebumps, like the the threat does not immediately reveal it's or it's like no, Slappy the dummy yeah. where like it's actively hiding from the parents yep. and that's part of why they don't they don't believe the thing so maybe Dana's parents have to shut him down so fast because there is literally an egg monster and it's not like he it's not like a Mr. J, J. Frog thing it's not like the egg <laughs> monster disappears when nope. when he tries to bring someone in to look it's like there's a big green gross egg and it hatches and then there's an alien after that Yes. In his sock drawer. Yes. But his parents have taken Brandy to a piano lesson, which is as is customary in Goosebumps books. And uh-huh. so they're not they're not there. Nope. And so he's got to go show it to someone. Mm-hmm. He's going to go take it to Anne. Going to take it to Anne Gravel. There's a little like little Lotsy where he tries to scoop it out of his drawer into a, a shoebox uh, and then he has to pick it up because it like f- almost falls or something. So he does touch it and nothing happens to mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Um, which he's, you know, it's bubbling at him, but it doesn't hurt him. Yeah. Um, it does growl at him, mm-hmm. but that's it. I liked the scene where he takes it to Anne's house a lot, actually. I okay. liked this scene. Tell me about it. So this he comes into Anne's house. Mrs. Mrs. Gravel is there. Mm-hmm. And I just presume that she's like a Flintstones character. <laughs> um, and he's not sure if Anne's going to be up. Anne likes to sleep till noon on Saturdays. It makes the day go faster, she said. She's got like some Daria energy that I respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just bursts into their kitchen. Mrs. Gravel's like, whatever, come on in, bud. And I liked the comedy of everyone there eating scrambled eggs, and all of a sudden Dana's horrified. Yes, because mm-hmm. he has a pet eggs now. Because he has a pet egg now. Yeah, and he's he's kind of upset. And then of course he trips over the dog, and his Stubby, get out of the way. His scrambled egg alien lands on Anne's plate, mm-hmm. and she's grossed out. And so then. Anne's mom goes to put it in the sink with, I guess, the garbage disposal, uh-huh. and, which nice Fear Street callback, Arl Stein. And <laughs> then uh, Dana has to save the egg monster from the sink. And this is all happening in full view of an adult and the friend. Like, that's yes. uh-huh. the other thing I liked about this scene. To your point, Andrew, that this is not a, like, the egg monster is hiding, though also there's not explicit danger yet no he's just protecting his little egg like he's extra protecting it so somebody can tell him what it is yeah and i appreciate that you said extraterrestrial yeah because this feels like early et before it gets scary yeah Um, where et stands for egg thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh uh-huh uh, and he doesn't like hang out with Anne and the egg monster for a long. Other Goosebumps books, I think Anne would have stayed involved. They split yeah, I up. think Anne, Anne would have been a partner in crime for Dana. Yeah, yeah. And then and, Dana is like, "I'm going to take it to that the science lab," and Anne is like, "What science lab?" 
And the, Dana the, says, you know, you know that little laugh. <laughs> the one on Denver Street, just three blocks from here. The town science lab. Yeah. And this is another, this is a case where a character who should have, like, Dana's first thought when he found the egg should have been, maybe I'll take it to that little science lab, the one on Denver Street. And instead, he has let things escalate a lot. He's let this egg hatch. He's touched it himself. He's saved it from the garbage disposal. He's carrying her around in a shoebox. And only then does it occur to Dana, hey, maybe I should take it to that little science lab. You know, the one on Denver Street. Why does, the ta- why does the town have a little science lab? Why does it have a little science lab? I don't know. And what's the sign out in front of it say? Does it say little science lab? What, like, what kind <laughs> does it of... just say science lab? And like the Dana takes great pains to tell us that he's just a big fan of science. Yeah. He's not any more specific than that. He's in the Facebook group about how they love science, and he's always sharing cool science memes. Oh, man, remember when that was like a big thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it I F and love science? That was what it was called? I think it's still a big thing among people who don't know what cringe is. Oh, fair enough. Mm -hmm. You you can still have all that. People who are like, that Neil deGrasse Tyson, he seems like he, he has a lot of good points to make. There is no sound in space. You're right, Neil. He wouldn't enjoy this book. He doesn't enjoy anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Except, can you enjoy not enjoying things? He enjoys the the it's a tautology. the sound of his own rightness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Bold claims. Yeah. Um. So he's gonna take it to the science lab down on on Danvers Street. Um. Yeah. There's this little ET montage where he's riding with the. Egg thing in his shoebox. She does on. not. He's, he is not given a name, and he does not give it a name. I think that's one thing that's missing from this. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, it's in the shoebox. It's trying to burst its way out. I was a little struck by the sequence where he's riding his bike through town, and like kids are just yelling at him, like from from cars driving. Yeah, like by. every kid who he has ever known is like yelling at him and trying to distract him from his quest. In in like they're not even saying anything specific. This never comes up again. It's mm-hmm. just. The town is like, hey, that kid. Hey, Dana. The, the kid. Hey, what's in your shoebox, Dana? And, he, you know, he's trying to keep it from falling out because now the egg monster is trying to get out of the box. Who knows why? And he goes to Dr. Gary's science lab, Andrew. <laughs> and Dr. Gary's like, thanks for bringing me this egg monster. Let me show you to my room where I keep all the other egg monsters. They're from Mars. I figured it out. There's like an asteroid shower and they only fell in this town and they're all there from mars and they're egg monster (laughs) and i and i thought i had gotten them all but you found one and no one else (laughs) works in this lab please don't notice that i locked the door behind you so you can't leave and yes this room that i keep all the egg monsters in is very cold because seems like it it keeps them alert yeah and if and they make shapes like triangles and circles they're probably trying to communicate i don't know the part where he's like ah, they're communicating and then he waves it off entirely uh-huh really annoying yeah i don't like dr gary dr gary's much. dr gary's no good and he's so bad that i don't even want to remember i don't even want to call him by his actual name you know yeah. I'm like just no say no to dr gary yeah uh and he's like listen kid uh, you touched the egg monster, and you know about the egg monster. I can't let you leave. Gonna lock you in this room. Gotta lock you in the room with the eggs. And feed you macaroni and cheese and milk. 
And this kid, this kid hates mac and cheese. This is my favorite line, <laughs> I think, in the entire book. Is Dana has been fed, has has been fed some mac and cheese and milk through the slot. Um, it tasted horrible. I hate that wet, clotted, cheesy taste, but it did warm me up a little. Dr. Gray, let me out, I shouted. Dr. Gray, I know you can hear me. Let me out. You can't lock me in here and make me eat macaroni and cheese. Let me out. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that this book might be, like, mostly about food aversions. Like, yeah. it's about scrambled eggs and a kid who doesn't like mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been funnier if you didn't like tossed salads. I think, personally, because it was the '90s. I mean, Frasier was king of of prime time, <laughs> and kids love Frasier. Kids love Frasier. You know Frasier, Crane, Kelsey Grammer, the spinoff of Cheers, ran to like 2003. It's like a lot of seasons. David Hyde Pierce was in it. Freight in Seattle. He was a therapist. Frazier. I feel like I'm trapped in a freezing room full of egg monsters. Full of egg monsters. So the egg monsters are, he's like kind of trying to communicate with the egg monsters. His dad shows up and yeah. there's all this convoluted, like it's one way glass in the room <laughs> that he's in, okay. which means that his dad can't see or hear or like feel any sounds or vibrations or anything that he's he's making. Yeah. So this is where I would have, you know, I was giving the dad points here because no, I did no points. It's I, all it's all the dad's fault that he's here in the by himself in the first place. So when Dana is like, I know. My plan is I'll wait here until my parents notice I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I got a little crestfallen because that's not a great plan. No, it's not a great um, plan. And when his first plan was to call them, and then he was like, oh, there's no phone there's in no here. phone. <laughs> Time um, for plan B. Wait. Uh, but I did, you know, I appreciated that the dad showed up. Like, he knows his son. Like, he knows his son's friend. His f- son's friend is like, hey, I haven't seen him. He said he was going to go here and dad goes there. I like, I'm with you. We can still blame dad for the, for the cause and effect here. I just don't, I just can't, I cannot hand it to dad for doing the absolute bare minimum here. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, And he doesn't even like, he doesn't even do much due diligence at all. Like whether, whether this is one way glass or not, dad can clearly see that there is, space in this facility that he's not been allowed to search fair enough fair and he even kind of hears something at one point well yeah and and he's like what was that noise and dr gary's like oh it's just the pipes they sound just like a a kidnapped kid sometimes when it's when it's cold out i do and dad is like well that that, that you're the doctor (laughs) thank you sir i feel like this town needs to know more about Dr. Gary, is is he, is this neighborhood zoned for is a he, science like, lab? Is, the, is his funding, is it coming from like federal grants or is it more of a locally funded science lab? It's very unclear. And what it, is he doing in there? Yeah. Other than like taking kids hostage and finding weird eggs. Because it the, doesn't seem like he has much <laughs> else going on. We, we've we had other versions of the like mysterious shopkeeper bef- in a lot of these books. And 
R.L. Stein just kind of took down the shop sign and slapped Science Lab in Yeah, front. Science Lab. The one on Denver Street, three blocks yeah. from here. Um, so Dana's in there. He's getting real cold. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to freeze. And all the egg monsters have just been standing silent for a long time, just to kind of look at him with the, their little beady eyes. And then they form a big egg blanket and they go to do what he thinks is smothering him, but they just cover him up so he can be warm. They swaddle him up like a leg baby. Yeah. And so this it's a it's a Goosebumps book where the monster is man and not the monster so far. Like the the egg monsters seem neutral to benevolent. Yeah. Through this whole thing. Yeah, it's true. So they cover Dana up and then Dr. Gray comes into the room in the morning and he is he is just horrified and angry and just so mad that Dana has like touched the egg monsters. It's like, dude, you 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 put him in he you you trap you put him in there. You put him in there in the same room that the egg monsters are in. How you th- dare you turn my monsters into a blanket? He yells. he picks the blanket up and he throws it against the wall and he's like, you let them touch you and. My dude, if you didn't want the egg monsters yeah. to touch Dana, you should have put them in separate rooms. Not and a great scientist. Maybe it's just that yeah. you don't have a lot of kidnapping space, and I get it. But like, I don't have I don't have a standing room where I can just like lock aliens and kids. If, if I the goal if the goal is to test the eggs' effect on Dana, mm-hmm. like he's contaminated. You got to yeah. put him in his own room if you mm-hmm. want that. But like. Yeah. Also, he touched the eggs, so like, there's cross contamination there. You might as well let them touch each other. You, the The experiment's ruined, bud. Doctor, go back to the pits. He's go not back to your it. funders and let them know. At least the stay out of the basement, Dad. Like he was doing some science. He, he was, made evil yes. plant monsters. You can't just lock aliens and also a child in a closet and call yourself and say that you're doing science. And so he says. Well, Dana, I can't let you live because you turned my egg monsters into a blanket. I trusted you, Dana. I trusted you, but you broke that trust. And and keep keep bear in mind that this the only relationship between these two people so far <laughs> is that Dana came to him for help and Dr. Gray locked him in a closet with aliens. Yeah. You broke that trust. You let them touch you. You and this is very I'm getting a lot of like like abuser like oh you let them yeah you you dirty skank you let these egg monsters touch you it's very you're, bad you're ruined you're a ruined boy i i appreciate you let them touch Arl- you you let them form this this carpet you ruined them dana you ruined my egg monsters <laughs> i <laughs> it's up there with like my beautiful heads or whatever that guy <laughs> in the haunted mask was yelling about i appreciate that R.L. Stein was willing to have a scientist have call him Dr. Gray and just have him be completely evil, like completely mm-hmm. bad. Like there's mm-hmm. no like, oh, I messed up trying to make a cool carbon neutral creature and I made these eggs mm-hmm. like he's just a twisted jerk whose solution is kill a kid. Yeah, kill a kid. And so that even though like as soon as the cops show up, 
it's his thing about like, oh, that's just the pipes. I don't have any kidnapped children here. Mm-hmm. I just I put his bike out back behind the dumpster, which is the most secure place to hide it from anybody Jesus. who might be looking for it. This is going to go great. I'm Dr. Gray. I'm so a the, scientist. The door is still a little open. He's threatening Dana and the egg blanket retaliates and I guess kills him. I guess kills him. It definitely covers him entirely, and he's writhing, trying, trying to breathe while Dana runs away. Yes, and and if this were Fear Street, we would watch Doctor Gray die. But since it's Goosebumps, it's only implied that he dies. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the the it's also just... possible that the egg monsters are doing to Doctor Gray what they have done to Dana. Which also possible. We will talk about momentarily. Um, and the parents well, are going to lose some more points, Andrew, because Dana's going to go home. Yeah, he goes home. They haven't seen him in a day. And he's like, egg monsters. They're egg monsters from Mars. You have to come to the science lab with me. And their first response is, you are nuts. And we should take you to another doctor. And <laughs> and we don't believe you. And you need to ask us three times to go with you before we will acquiesce, even though this little science lab is only three blocks away. And it could yeah. not possibly hurt. <laughs> and the dad's like, huh, I guess I was, what, that guy? And they go back there. There's nothing there. Nothing there. This this I found very unsatisfying. Because it's not like, it's not that there's nothing there. It's not like the science lab is gone and all the equipment's gone. No, it's just Dr. Gray and the egg monsters aren't there anymore. And they've left no trace. Yeah. But like. I kind of wanted to know what happened to the egg monsters and whether they were good or bad. I just need I need someone to show up and explain to me what happened. <laughs> I want, or even just a little like sh- sh- you know, tell me that as they were leaving the lab they saw Dr. Gray's shoe. Like just a little egg mystery. Yeah, just even. a little bit of something. Even if it's just like a welcome to dead house like yep. oh there was a there was gas that came out of the town factory and everybody <laughs> turned into a ghost. Just a I little skosh of of telling us what the real story is with these egg boys. I don't. Rec- I think R.L. Stein yada yada this part where they leave the lab and then all of a sudden he's like getting evaluated by a doctor and his sister's telling everybody that she has this kooky egg brother mm-hmm. um, and he's just sleeping because he feels a little weird and he just he just talks it up to the big day that he's had. Yeah, I wish that there. I wish that he was like. No, mom and dad, come with me. I'm going to show you the room I got locked in. I can describe it. Then you go inside and you'll see that I was locked in here. He still has an eggshell and a bunch of yellow goop in his sock drawer. He does. Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay, so then the next morning he gets up. And he's feeling he's, great. He's just feeling, this is, he's feeling, it, he's gotten out of this ordeal. He feels awesome, so probably the egg monsters haven't given him some weird Martian disease or anything. Not at all. He feels so good. He feels wonderful. Uh, Anne says, she's calling him from his window. She's like, hey, do you want to come over? I got a new video game. Apparently, in the original version, Andrew, she says, I got battle chess. (laughs) (laughs) But it was removed. RL Stein was like, is Battle just is Battle just still cool? Can uh we don't have an intern who can look it up? Okay, just put video game. It's fine. But but you're right. She's like he he is uh Dana's just very happy that everything's back to normal, that he did have an adventure, but that he's safe now. What a day. What a beautiful, perfect, normal day. And then halfway across Anne's lawn, I stopped. 
I crouched down on the grass, and I laid the biggest egg you ever saw. The end. End of book. What? So Dana has become a pod person or like become impregnated with because the egg monsters like encompassed him in a blanket. Yeah. And now he's laying an egg. And this is this yeah. feels like where the book should start. Is like, <laughs> I laid a I laid an egg. And I assume there's more egg monsters in there. And then they just kind of take over the world from there. Like that, that would be a fun book. But this yeah. is just like a kid was locked in a room. His parents are terrible. His sister is terrible. His friend is okay, but can't be bothered to leave the house. The egg monsters He's are... Laid an egg, and then he lays an egg, the end. Well, and the egg monsters in, in the story that we get to see, they are benign or, or good. Because mm-hmm. well, they benign help... Is, benign is good. Oh, sorry. I mean more that they are just kind of neutral. Like, they're yeah. not, They're not. you know... They're harmless. They're not evil. They're not monster blood. They're not Mr. Wood. They're not uh, yeah. the executioner from Terror Tower. They're not a Goosebumps antagonist. No. They, if they had splat stats, their evil rating, as we would see, would be pretty low. I kind of want to... Okay. So I... You, do you have the a, categories? Egg Monsters from Mars was not part of the, the reprint series that we've yeah. been reading. Like, it, it had a reprint in 2003 and there's an ebook edition but it did not get repackaged with like a little interview with rl stein where he's like hey kids go read slappy world (laughs) and it did not it does not have splat stats or fun trivia or any of that stuff i feel like we do need to splat stat the egg monsters from mars okay do you have the categories i do I do. And do you have a do you have a monster you want to use as a reference point well so okay the the splats and i just pulled up terror tower Okay. Should I pull up another one? But in Terror Tower, it's strength, intelligence, speed, attack skills, humor, and evil. Hmm. Um, the executioner's strength is 8 out of 10. Intelligence is 9 out of 10. Speed is 7 out of 10. Attack skills are 6 out of 10. Humor is 2 out of 10. And evil is 6 out of 10. Off the bat, are any of the egg stats going to be over 5? <sighs> It could they could be intelligent. They could I think intelligence I would give them a six or a seven because they're okay. trying to communicate. Yeah. You know, they can they clearly have a strong like self preservation yep. instinct, which isn't necessarily intelligence, but combined with the communication skills. Like these yep. are sentient beings. And they, they work together, they they can cooperate to yeah. perform larger tasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so evil is like two. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh in unless they forcibly impregnated this child, in which case evil would be like a twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but in the book, in the in the book that we see, their evil's like a twelve Correct. or two. Sorry, a two. two, yeah. Two. Uh-huh. Uh, intelligence. I'm thinking six, maybe seven, if you stretch. I six on their own, seven when they're all together. Okay, sure. Um, speed like a five. Five. Like pretty mobile. They can. They can. Like they can outrun and smother a, a grown man. So That's maybe true. They are maybe they, it's like a five on their own and like seven when they're all together. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Maybe their evil is two on their own and it's like and it's six. one when they're all together. Oh, because one. When they want to be a warm. They want to be a warm, nice blanket unless That's... you threaten them. <laughs> okay, sure. 
great. I don't think so. I don't think we can categorize self-defense as evil. Fair. <laughs> like no, the good doctor point. locked them in the room first. Good point. What about their attack skills? Um, I mean, they, as far as we know, they kind of just have the one move. Like a four? Yeah, four. I think four. Maybe six altogether. Yeah. And then and he, strength? He, well, did we do strength already? Thought we just did intelligence. Well, we did strength, I thought. Cause, All right. Well, Maybe we. I feel like strength and attack skills are should just yep. be the same. Yep, they should just be the same. Yeah. I don't know uh, why Arlstein broke them art broke them apart know. anyway. Humor. Mm. I mean, they're kind of innately funny in a way, and sort of like a gack kind of nineties gross out kind of way. They remind know? me of the goo from Goosebumps. Not Goosebumps. Uh, Ghostbusters Two. Mm, sure, sure, sure. Like I feel like if you were, I don't believe that there was a version of Egg Monsters from Mars made into the TV series because it was too late in the run. But if you did do a TV series episode, I think you'd probably get some Ghostbusters Two style humor out of yeah, like, just the people timing. getting people getting slimed by these eggs. Yeah, and the and the goopy noises it makes being kind of gross out stuff and i found the scene in the kitchen kind of funny yeah so, so humor is humor like a five yeah yeah um, and maybe a four when they're all together because they're whether <laughs> they're they're definitely more intimidating when they're all together they are in a way that makes me less inclined to think they're funny when they're they alone get, they're just kind of like cute they seem to get kind of serious when they're all together mm-hmm. yeah um all right let's talk about the parents andrew f f f, f. for mom f minus for dad I think we've been trying to give a lot of parents the benefit of the doubt, but these yahoos, like, especially as parents of Dana, awful. Just yeah, absolutely awful. I think the, th- I think the, and I, I don't know that I'm ready to go hard in the opposite direction. I just, like, in, in my read, my immediate instinct, instinctual reaction, ha- just even having the scene where the dad is remotely involved in potentially saving the kid was just so different from all the other books that we've read i don't know that i'm ready to give him points i'm just saying that that's why it stood out to me yeah no i I understand that i just think that when you try and fail to solve a problem that you created with your own negligence you don't get points yeah but it's a responsible thing to do when you mess up you have to fix it he it's didn't also know, but like he didn't the thing know that he, he legally has to do for like a minor in his care in whatever state that it is that it is that he lives in. Yeah, <laughs> like what happens fair. when the, what happens when the school calls and Clark is just like, well, I don't know what where he is. The doctor at the science lab told me he didn't know where he was. I can't find him. I'm busy. I've got this other kid that I clearly like more. So, like, what do you want me to do? Not knowing what he did in between being turned away by Doctor Gray. And him show and Dana showing up is is damning. He probably went home and painted an ostrich for his daughter, and then had it went to bed early. Yeah, that's fair. We don't F- we, minus. We don't we don't come home to see them like you know go and they're on the last page of the phone book having no, called everyone yeah. in town. I I could be talked into giving mom like a D minus because she at least briefly recognizes and comments upon the horror of dad Mm, true when when she's like dad you can't talk to our son that way 
Yeah, and I think and it she's... doesn't it doesn't make her any more like effectual as a parent as no. she does still have a favorite kid and she doesn't find him and like et cetera, et cetera. But if you want I do think dad is worse than mom. And so I could get I could barely pass mom while failing dad. Sure. Okay. I can get behind a D minus for mom. She did try to do the egg. Okay. Because she you know what, you know what? I don't think I it probably wasn't dad who knew that Dana's friend was was Amy Gravel or whatever her name is from next door. <laughs> that was probably mom. Yeah, it was probably mom. And mom was like, hey, go over there, you doofus. And dad was like, okay, as soon as the halftime show's over. And then he goes and like begrudgingly dragging his feet, goes and does the bare minimum. And then he goes home. He has three beers. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know. And then, he, and then he goes to bed. Yeah. I'm also inclined to to forgive mom her error on the, on the not hard boiling because it's funny like that's a yeah it's funny except for the part where it led their son to get kidnapped by a scientist like that part's not funny but if it was just oops we got yolk all over like that's funny like the I grandpa's think that, like i think if the egg hunt had played out in an orderly well so then the parents wouldn't have been sick of eggs mm-hmm. and then they would have turned mm. Dana away when he tried to bring the egg to them Mm. So the entire course of the book would have been different if they'd hard boiled the eggs. So yeah, still, uh, still not a good move. This D-minus. is a really intricately plotted yarn here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. I see you, egg monsters from Mars. Yeah, just if you pull any thread on this thing, the whole thing comes apart. It's that's it's so tightly woven and plotted. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I'm glad that we talked about it though. It's fun. It's yeah. different. It is different. I mean, I'll say this for Egg Monsters from Mars. None of the other Goosebumps book we've books we've read like end with a kid squatting over and pooping a camera out. Yep. And we don't or, know what the monster's deal was. Like that's cool too. Yeah, we are just kind of left to imagine what his deal is, and yeah. it's clearly to to to, to envelop hosts and plant their seeds so that they can replicate and take over the planet with yep. their eggs. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't know what happens to Dana after he lays the egg. I don't know if he's just a, a husk who falls over like dead as a doornail and he's like his dark work is accomplished. No, I think he's he, egg, he's egg patient zero, man. If he keeps laying eggs yeah. after this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I don't know that that's even an intended consequence of the egg monsters. They're not from this place. Yeah. Is that how they normally replicate? I don't know. They don't know. Their intelligence is only a six. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a fun journey through Goosebumps, Andrew. I'm glad that we did this. Yeah, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did Splat Stats. I'm glad. I mean, all of it was great. Yeah. it's It's a fun cavalcade of characters that we met we have one more set of characters to meet um chief among them uh a guy jackarias black jackarias black we are going uh thomas jacob jack black we are going to for our kind of tag on the end of goosebumps next month we are going to discuss the film Goosebumps. 2015. The 2015 film Goosebumps. 
a movie which I was briefly aware of at the time because of like billboards, but completely memory hold and did did not remember that it existed until we were doing research for this podcast. I don't think I knew that Jack Black's character is R.L. Stein. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think he also voices Slappy the Dummy. Oh, I cannot wait. I think. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So that'll be... Tenacious uh, G. <laughs> that will be uh, kind of a bonus tack on to our Goosebumps project. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for riding this bridge to Spooktober. I think we have our next long read project picked out. I don't think we're going to announce it just yet. So but stay tuned till the end of the next Goosebumps Goosebumps episode and we will we will fill you in. But I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us uh yet again getting goosebumped. If you like eggs, tell us your favorite egg at overduepod at gmail.com. Yeah, what's your favorite way to prepare eggs? Or just an egg that you think is cool. I'd love to know those too. Either one. Twitter.com slash overdue pod, Facebook.com slash overdue pod. Andrew, if folks want to know more about our podcast that isn't always about goosebumps, <laughs> where should they go? Overduepodcast.com is our internet website. Up there, we have links to the books that we have read and the ones we are going to read. If you click those, you get taken to bookshop.org. You get to buy a book from your local independent bookseller. We get a cut, they get a cut, you get a book, everybody's happy. And you want you want everybody to be happy, don't you? <laughs> don't you? Happy slappy? Patreon.com slash overdue pod is our Patreon page. Get these episodes early. Uh hop, get a hop on our next long read project as it starts instead of having to wait extra months. Uh everything we release up there eventually makes it out to the main feed. That's just a that's a thing that we insist on doing. <laughs> That yeah. I, I know a lot of other podcasts don't do, but you can get them early. You can hang out in our Discord server. You can hang out on bonus live streams and yeah. chat with us, which is always a blast. Uh, there's there's stuff, you know, there are things you can do. It's true. There are things you can do while we do other things. Andrew, mm-hmm. thanks for joining me in the Goosebumps Mines. Oh, obviously. Yeah, you were already down here. I yeah. joined you. I was born um, in the dark. <laughs> Uh, like we say at the end of every episode of Goosebumps, Goosebumps, you ruined my egg monster. <laughs>